Are you looking for hope? Then you're in the right place. If you're not, well, you're still in the right place because we all need hope. Welcome to the Shine and Delight podcast. We hope to navigate life's storms together as we encourage and build up one another to find true saving hope and the only one that can truly satisfy. We can't fix your problems, but we'll definitely point you towards someone who will. Come along. Right, good people. Mother was just telling us that she was the prom queen at her school. I was kind of jealous. I didn't quite make that prom in queen. In addition to working for Google later in on in life. Yeah, yeah. Google. So oh next to prom queen at Google. And and she also said she was a prom princess for four years, right? Four years in a row. No. Wow. Uh, almost the fifth year, but Yikes. they wouldn't let an eighth grader for some reason. You know, uh, you're not supposed to lie, guys. I didn't say any of that. Didn't you? I said I was a prom princess, and <laughs> not every year. Fellas, if you have a credit score of 650 or above and have no history of of criminal activity, yes. you can send your resume to Mallory and Absolutely. we will sift through the applicants. And, <laughs> uh, 720 maybe, or above. We're not doing 650. Maybe, we're not about that life. Maybe we will let you ask her out if you, you know, have a stable job and a stable income. And Bam. Yeah. Yeah, we have to sift through, you know, the... We got to sift through the application. Yes. Stable yeah. job, stable income, and stable love job. Jesus with everything. Yes. And you've worked for Google. And a credit score of 720 or above. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's big. And, and do CrossFit because I just, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, hola muchachos. We are back. We're here with a short little episode, kind of recasting some things, as well as coming back with one of Mallory's big questions. We want to reiterate to you who are believers um, in Christ and maybe going through a storm or being rock bottom. What was your question, Mallory? Specifically, you know, you're doing all the things that we said. You're going to church, you're um, in the word, you're doing all the things that a good Christian would be doing, but you just don't feel him. You know, you don't feel the same level of joy or connection potentially. Mm. It's tough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get practical. So last episode, we talked about Elijah and how he went through a bit of a depression and how God gave him two things to do, which was get some sleep and eat bread. Basically, make sure that you're being physically taken care of. And I think along those same lines, make sure you're getting enough sleep, seven to nine hours each night. Make sure you're eating healthy, so minimize food that you eat that comes out of a wrapper or out of a bag. Actually take care of your physical needs. Whole30. Yep. Yes. Stay hydrated, whatever that means. I don't know what Whole30 means. That's okay. Keep going. Anyway, stay, <laughs> stay hydrated, get enough sleep, eat the right stuff. Gallon of water, eight and a half hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Go to the gym, actually get some exercise, move around, get vitamin D, get outside. In the sunshine. Yep. Yes actually physical practical things that you should do to take care of yourself and if you have friends you are not a burden on them let them in open up to them don't try and isolate yourself wall yourself off and do it alone mm. good oh. practical steps right there yeah um i think it's it's relatively normal actually to not feel that presence every so often and to be like what i, I was so close with god like two days ago or like a week ago and what's happened um, you kind of give the analogy of, I think it was a mountaintop last episode. Yeah. And that's what it is, is we have these mountaintop experiences, you know, maybe we're, we're re- reading the Bible and all of a sudden just like bawling in tears. I'm like, that's so good, God, like this happens to me. And then a couple of days later, like, man, why is this so dry? Like what's going on? Well, it's because we hit that mountaintop and then we're going back down into the valley and then we're going to come back up into a mountaintop. And we want to be on the mountaintop all the time. We're just like, man, I want to feel God today. I want to feel this. I want to do this big, huge moments all the time. It's how we operate in today's society. Um, I kind of compare it to like we see Instagram feeds or those Instagram stories. It's people's best moments ever. And we're like, man, best moment, best moment, best. It's mountaintops, continuous mountaintops. And that's how we think we live our lives. But we don't. We have peaks and valleys and peaks again and we keep going. Um, and so we look at God, you know, you get the good practical steps. Another practical step of looking at when I don't feel God is change up what you're doing. 
there's so many different spiritual disciplines that you can do from fasting. I mean, reading your Bible, changing up where you read your Bible, how you read your Bible, um, worship differently, prayer. Maybe you take a little break from actually reading the Bible and you're just going to do pray. Or you're going to do a, a worship song or a prayer, you know, for 30 minutes every day instead. So you can kind of change things up a little bit, change the location, change what's going on there. See if you can't rekindle that with God in a different way. And I know I've been there where it's like, God, I don't, I don't feel you. This like, it's been a slow week. What's kind of going on here? And I'm like, that's what I'm like. I got to start praying more, right? So the biggest thing in those areas is I challenge you guys to pray when you're in those moments, to just to dive into God, to God, reveal yourself to me. Let me feel your presence. Bring me back closer to you. And do prayers work? Um, so scientifically, there's a really cool thing where they did a scientific study of people who prayed for 15 minutes a day for eight weeks. And there was new neurological pathways developed um, inside of their brains on MRIs that could show just how it was rewiring the brain. Um, so even from, even if we say, even if you didn't believe in God, right? You're like, I don't believe in God at all. Even just praying with intentions towards something, towards a God, towards whatever it is, drastically changed the brain patterns and the way the, neuro, the neurons work. And you're like, you could see an MRI. So just from, and then I'm like, okay, if like that doesn't point towards a God of some kind. I don't know what does, right? Well, so I'm just seeing how God designed us. And then we get to feel God and he reacts and responds to us. And sometimes it's immediately, you know, the next day. And sometimes it's a couple of weeks. Or if we take Job's case from the Bible, could be a couple of years. Like, yeah. we don't know. So how should we pray? What, well, what's that? What's prayer? How, do, how should we even pray in the first place? The same way I talk to my dad, which is a just intentional one-on-one conversation. I talk about my dad so much. And I even mention every his, single is episode. His name, is his, is his name Bob? What's his name? Mark. So you're like, Mark. Dear Mark, good to see you today. I but, no, you. it's just no. my dad. I mean, we talk. I mean, I, I, my mom too. I mean, I'm not. I don't exclude my mom, but I mean, I talk to my parents. <laughs> I talk to my parents. You have well. a mom? I didn't know. You only talked about your dad, yeah, so. Yeah. I really hope she didn't. Yeah, listen didn't to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I mean, just I talk to him every day about mundane things, about big decisions that I have to make. I just, because we're close and we just, we talk and, you know, I just make time at least four or five days a week just to talk to my parents. And I think that prayer is the same way. Just make time and just constantly be in communication with God. It's a walkie-talkie. You're not writing snail mail. Just even if it's something is done, and, and it says, uh, cast all your anxieties, I think it's First Peter, cast all your anxieties onto God because he cares for you. I think that's the, I think that's the verse. Like First Peter 5, 7, I think. There you go. Well, yeah. Humble Brad, the theologian over here. Just, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, and that verse, I, that's literal. I mean, if you were going into a parking lot and you're worried that there's not going to be a space, you can pray about that. And like praying about... <laughs> I do that way too much. Praying about tiny mundane things... Mm-hmm. That brings you closer to God. And so literally cast all of your anxieties onto God and do it on a frequent daily basis where you're constantly in communication with the guy who created you because he is your father. But are the dynamics of such a conversation not different in that when you communicate to your dad, it's more of um, a transactional conversation, if I may call it so, right? You're going to say something to him and then he's going to say something back to you. But when you communicate to God, sometimes you don't know if he's listening. Good question. Well, I would say that he is always listening based on the last episode when we talked about his omnipresence, the fact that he's never going to leave you. Um, so he does hear what's going on there. And I would say we typically are not going to get an audible voice. If you do, um, I would say you're probably pretty blessed in that. Um, a lot goosebumps. Of time, yeah, goosebumps. A lot of time we might, um, there might be something that you just get this feeling about it, that the Holy Spirit moves inside of you, gives you peace. Um, but we do have the written word of God, the inspired word of God which we believe he wrote um, through the use of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in men to us. Um, and like he gets to, he speaks to us through that every single day. And so we look back at like, you know, Moses, when he's writing these things like, or Abraham, 
Abraham didn't have the word of God. And he's like, well, Abraham had these promises. Yes, Abraham saw God basically nine times in, in 99 years. So every 11 years, he got to see God versus we get to open up our Bible and see him speaking to us and hear him speaking to us every single day. Uh, and so once we start saying like, I just need God to talk to me, I'm like, man, he talked to Abraham nine times. If we look at, at Genesis, I'm like, that would kind of, that's not very often. Like I would be like Abraham and have some doubts there and be like, yeah, that's my sister, not my wife. I'd probably do the same thing. But now that we have the word of God, we can hear from him every single day. Well, and I would also just say that um, even if you can hear the, the voice of God, uh, there's still calls in scripture to come back and go to the word to to verify that because he's never going to say something that he hasn't already written in his his word. And so that's something that um, I would just want to caution, I guess, and repeat. But um, getting back to like the main question, um, about what do you do if you know if you don't feel God's presence, even though you're doing all the things? Uh, sometimes we get into this like flow of just going through the motions. You know, we numb ourselves out because we're just doing the same thing. It's like when you're driving in your car and you don't really remember the entire drive home because you've done it so many times. I made my driveway. How'd this happen? <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait, yeah, wait, wait yeah. did I stop at that red light back there? You know, you just completely zone out. And so, yeah, I would just repeat what um, everyone's really been saying is just switch it up sometimes, but also. Oh, sorry. It's always Andrew. It's Anytime always, there's Andrew, a sound yeah. problem, it's always Andrew. I don't even know where the sound is coming from. I promise that. Um, but, uh-huh. but I would just, I would also say um, for me, a lot of the times it's um, when I've kind of sneakily put in an idol in my life. So sometimes it's performance. Like I want to know, I want to have these nuggets that God's given me throughout my week where there's something I can share with someone. And if I feel like that hasn't happened, then I feel you know, um, less enthusiastic or less connected. And that's not really what the, the Bible is about. You know, it's not what, how God always moves in us. And are we actually listening to his voice or having our own expectations of what we think that should look like? Mm-hmm. But the other side of it too, is sometimes that means that there's something that I'm just not bringing to him. There's something mm-hmm. I'm struggling with mm-hmm. and I don't want to acknowledge. And so I'll feel that distance because I've put that there. I've mm-hmm. put kind of a wall in between and then I'm surprised that I'm not feeling it. And so it's, God's just like, I'm, I'm here, you know, yeah. bring it to me. And yeah. that's when I really will feel him moving. I feel, uh, I'll feel that connection again is when I acknowledge like, Hey, what's going on in my life that is putting a block on that relationship. So just wanted to throw that in there. Well, there's, there's this really interesting interaction in the New Testament. I, I, it, it, I think it's only two or three verses long. It's, it's not big. And I think it's in Matthew's gospel, but Jesus is, and his boys, they're walking through and the Pharisees come up to him and they, they demand a sign from heaven, this huge sign from heaven so that Jesus can prove that he's God. And then he says, you can tell, based, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, you, can, you know what the weather's going to be like by what color the sky is. You know, there's that old Boy Scouts Thing, you know, red sky at night, sailor's delight, red sky in the morning, sailor take warning. That, that goes back to the time of Jesus. And he's saying, you can tell what the weather's going to be like based on the color of the sky. And yet you're demanding a sign from me. Just, you know, you, their, their, whole, their whole mentality was wrong in that they didn't need a, this, this huge sign from God because God was in the flesh, was standing six feet away from them, and they missed it. They, they just didn't, they didn't have the right frame of mind, and they just missed out. And I think that a lot of times we can, I know I do this all the time, where I get lax in my relationship with God because I feel like I haven't felt his presence in a while. And I kind of use that as an excuse, like, okay, God, you haven't showed up to me for a while, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to be distant from you. And I think that is a, that's a really bad mentality to have because even the people in the Old Testament that were constantly in the presence of God, the Hebrew priests, they were terrible and they screwed up all the time. And so there's no guarantee that since we're such broken people, even if we do get to be in the presence of God constantly, 
there's no guarantee that we're going to be, you know, we're going to be any less messed up because the Hebrew, the priests in the Old Testament, they were always in the presence of God and they were the worst. And so, you know, I, I think it can be tempting to use that as an excuse to always be demanding the presence of God, but we can miss out on what's right in front of us in that Jesus is always with us because he promises that. And we don't want to miss out on that fact because he hasn't done this amazing sign in a while. Well, yeah, if you don't know how to pray, you know, it takes me back to the way Jesus taught the disciples mm -hmm. how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9 to 15, I'll just read it out in your free time. You can kind of look into that. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as you also forgive those uh, as you as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins that just that made me so that brought me back to my catholic school upbringing having to memorize the our father yeah yeah, I mean, we could do an entire we could do an entire series on the Our Father just because there's that's that's what Catholics call that part of Scripture. They call it the Our Father prayer. Okay. Um, and they they actually pray that in every mass. But um, we can do an entire series on that because there's just so much there. It's the only time, as far as I can recall, where Jesus is telling people, if you want a script on how to pray, here's a script. As far as I know, that's the only time where Jesus basically gives a script. And yeah, I think the most profound thing from that prayer, in my opinion, is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Meaning you start off with this position of honor, and that is, God, you're in heaven, you're above me, your name is sacred, and I just want to acknowledge that before I come to you with my anxieties and with my day, I just want to acknowledge that you are holy, mm. and I want, to, I want to honor you first. He does say before that in a warning to not babble repetitiously, right? And he says, pray in this way. Um, so it's okay to do repetitious prayers, but don't babble repetitiously over and mm. over with no, but just with out of mind there when we pray. If you pray that exact prayer, it's, man, God, I just want to come before you. I want to know you more. Here's a prayer I have for today because I can't pray anything else. Then you watch the spirit move. But that's more of an example how we come before God with that supplication. Say, man, God, you are so incredibly amazing. That's the first part. That is why I'm coming before you, right? And we want to see your kingdom here on this earth as it is already in heaven, right? We want to see your things happen. And then just go through that whole entire thing of like, all right, let's play, play like this. Pray, sorry, not play. Pray like this in my own life. Right? And, and, and apply it specifically. Let me confess my sins that I've done. And God, just give me what I need today. Don't let me be so obsessed with the, the things of the future. Right? Don't let me be thinking about the food for tomorrow or where I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Let me focus on today wow. in front of me. Wow. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to jump back, actually, to what Ro was saying earlier of just this, this uh, expectation of God to meet you where you're at. And if you don't feel like he's meeting your expectations, then, like, fine, I'm not going to be as faithful, you know, like this, this capricious, like childlike attitude we sometimes have with God. Um, and I think one of the greatest examples for me that always kind of makes me chuckle uh, is the end of Job. So, you know, we all know the story of Job <laughs> and it's horrible, right? Like he's this faithful guy and Who's God... Job? Sorry. Okay. We, we, so we in here know the story yeah. of Job. Yes, yes. Uh, he's this faithful guy way back, like Genesis time, right? Um, like near the middle to the end of Genesis. And, it's the oldest um, book in the Bible. Yeah. And uh, he is this guy who's just faithful. You know, he's doing well in life, and he's uh, uh, considered um, a guy who, you know, brings that all to the Lord. 
and the enemy, um, also known as Satan, kind of ask God permission. Like, can, you know, I, I want to test this guy. He, he's only good because you've given him everything. His life's great. And um, God gives permission for Satan to essentially challenge him, but not physically harm Job. So, you know, he can take all the things that he says makes him faithful, but like the good things, his all his food, all his family, all of the things that um, his comforts, essentially, um, and he does so. And Job, you know, he really struggles with this and he he's contending with God while also contending with man and saying, no, like God is good. Like he's he's fighting back and he's he's knowing that he's a good person, but he just doesn't understand why. Like it's considered like he conti- continuously says, why is this happening, God? You know, what have I done to deserve this? Um, and he keeps demanding the presence of God. The, like he is just like come here and hold account tell me why and the what makes me laugh is at the very end um god comes in this huge storm and whirlwind and shows up and he's angry he's frustrated with the, the way that job is speaking to him um but at the same time he answers job's prayer he shows up he comes and he comes in a mighty way and he says you know uh basically like who are you to question me where were you when i laid the foundation of the earth tell me if you know and have understanding like you are not equal to me but at the same time the the point here to me at least is that god shows up you know he was demanding he was going through something and he was saying god i need you be here uh tell me why and while god didn't say why um because that's beyond us in many cases um but he still came it wasn't immediately though no. It took some time. Job had to sit there. His friends said, you know, his wife told him to curse God and die. Um, his friends disowned him. He's like, what sin have you done? He's like, I haven't done any sins. You know, and it took him, I don't know how many days and or years of sitting there before God showed up. 36 chapters of just them reciting poetry to each other. Trying to <laughs> it gets dense, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm not a poetry guy myself. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little tough. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a verse that comes to mind in First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It really does. Mm-hmm. Beautiful people, that has been it. That was our conclusion of hope in the fields or the feelings or us talking about feelings. So next time we'll be talking about something else. We are so glad that you're here. If you're listening and you've never really made the prayer to accept Jesus into your heart, then really, yeah, it's as simple as just confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and, you know, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And, you know, just understanding that there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing that you'll ever do to grant you salvation and all you have to do is to trust and believe. And so it's as simple as that. You can reach us. We'd like to talk to you. We'd like to give you a few pointers and... We're glad you're here. Until next time, adios muchachos. Amen. Bye. Hasta pronto. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We hope you were encouraged and inspired to turn to the only one who can and will satisfy you. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them out. Feel free to reach us on any social media platform at Shine and Delight. You can also shoot us an email at shineanddelight at outlook.com. Until next time, be kind, love all, share your shine.